I entitled the message this morning, I Will Be Found by You, saith the Lord. It comes from Jeremiah 29, verse 14. The last time I ministered, I ministered on Jeremiah 29, 11 specifically. This is part of that scripture. So I'm going to read the whole thing for you, starting with um, 29:11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. And with that last phrase, we would say it in today's vernacular, I will restore your fortunes. When I started preparing for this message, this was the desire of God's heart that I would say to you, He will be found by you. Before that specific phrase, we see, seek the Lord with all of your heart. And that sounds like if you do it right enough and long enough and hard enough, He'll show up. That is not God's heart. God's heart is, no, 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 I am not going to let you miss me. I will be found by you. Have you ever hid, quote unquote hid, Easter eggs for toddler? Has anyone ever done that? You don't hide them. (laughs) There's no hiding involved. You lay them where they can find them. That's God's heart. He says, I am going to be on the road that you're on. I am not only in you and with you and for you, but you're going to see as you walk through this life, I have left the Easter eggs for you to find. (laughs) He doesn't want to make it hard. That's really an old covenant mentality that I can make myself worthy enough for God to find me. And God says, no, no, no. I want this to be as easy as possible. I want you to know you will find me because I will make sure you do. I will be found by you. Part of the message that I ministered last time was about years ago, my first marriage came to an end, abruptly, unexpectedly, and unwantedly. That didn't stop it from being finished. (laughs) But God was faithful. And in my time of darkness, in my time of need, when I felt like my future had walked away, what he said to me was Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you. I have plans, and they're good plans. And it, doesn't, it isn't dependent on somebody else whether or not those plans come to pass. I have good plans for you. It didn't feel like that back then. But God is faithful. And as I ministered last time, step by step, year by year, promise by promise, God left the Easter eggs for me to find. And you know what those are? Those are treasures. You ever see a little one find an Easter egg? They think that is the greatest thing. When we find God, we delight in Him just like a child delights in finding a treasure. He is that treasure that He wants us to find. One of the things I love about this word, I will be found by you. In fact, that whole sentence is really one word in Hebrew. They don't translate exactly the way we do. (laughs) But it's only one word. It's matzah. M-A-W-T-S-A-W. In this particular case, they translated it found. But it also means to come forth, appear, to meet, to be present, 
to deliver, to be enough, to light up, to be ready, to suffice, to be sufficient. I love all these words. <laughs> I love all these words. He is saying in this one phrase, I will be found by you. I will be enough for you. I will be, I, me, the person, my presence will be enough for you. I will be found by you. I will appear to you. I will be found. I will make you see. I will make you hear. In the Greek, I wanted to know this word found, this appearing, this shining, this lighting up, this being present, this enoughness. If this word showed up somewhere in the New Testament. So I took the Greek translation of the Old Testament and found the Greek word for this word. The Greek word for this word, they translated this particular phrase, I will appear unto you. I, it means to make visible, physically and literally visible. He said, I am going to be so real, you're going to be sure you saw me. I'll be that tangible to you. I will be that real to you. My presence will be that sure to you. So I wanted to know where else this word shine, found, be enough shows up. Well, one of the very first places it shows up is in Numbers 6.25. It says, may the Lord shine, make visible, make known his face, make known his presence upon you and show mercy upon you. The Lord made it very clear that someone listening to this message at one time or another needs to know God sees you. He sees what you're going through. And He cares about that. He feels what you feel. I always tell my husband, isn't it strange how God created us humans? I love Him, but He can't feel it. The only way he feels my love is if I provoke feelings of love in him. But he can't put his hand on my shoulder and go, oh, wow, you love me. <laughs> I can't feel his love. His heart loves me, but I can't actually feel what that feels like. I can't touch him and go, oh, wow, your heart loves me abundantly. It doesn't work that way. All he can do is provoke feelings of love that are already within me. God is not like that. God is in your heart. God is in your spirit. He feels what you feel. When you hurt, He hurts. When you cry, He cries. When you rejoice, He rejoices. He feels what you feel. Now you think, well, what difference does that make? This word, mercy. Most of the time we think of the word mercy as not getting the punishment we deserve. It's not just that. This word is translated compassion. See, compassion says, I feel your pain. I don't just understand it, I actually feel it. I'm going to do something to alleviate it. That's compassion. That's mercy. In the New Testament, the Lord says, come to the throne of grace. His absolutely free, unconditional love and acceptance. And what do we get there besides grace? 
mercy. You see, we are under grace. There is no sin for us to be punished for. Grace has taken care of that. But there are consequences in our life for sin. Sin is fruitful. <laughs> it will bear consequences. But sometimes it isn't our sin that we're dealing with. Somebody else did something, and we're the ones hurt by it. Sin always causes damage. So the Lord says, when you are hurt, when you are upset, when you have loss, when you have grief, you need my tender mercies to minister to you. Come to the throne of grace. His grace, oh man, <laughs> His grace, His absolutely free loving kindness. He accepts us. There's no judgment. That in itself will heal a whole bunch. But he says, for those places in your life where sin has caused grief, where somebody else, and that's the wonderful thing about this, because, you know, as a, as a young mother, I had no choice in the matter of what my first husband did. It wasn't my decision. But I and my children suffered the consequences of those sins. He says it's in those times when somebody treats you unjustly, their sin hurts us. And the truth is, in this world, this is a fallen world, and sometimes other people's decisions are not in our best interest, and it hurts. He says, come to the throne of grace and find mercy. This shining of his this appearing of his, his making himself known is what we're actually longing for. No matter what our situation, God's grace and mercy is what we need. God's heart is to do good and to alleviate our pain and misery. Yes, he doesn't want us to suffer. Does he know we will from time to time? Yeah. But he says, I am still the answer. I am still the answer for your heart. One of the other places it shows up, this shining, this being found, this being enough, is in Exodus thirty-three, fourteen, where he says, My presence, same word, my presence, my enoughness, my sufficiency, my appearing, my lighting up shall go with you, and I will give you rest. We might call it his manifest presence. There are those times when he makes himself known in a way that's tangible. Even if it's only to our spiritual senses, we know he's real and he's active and it changes us and it meets the need of our heart. He wants us to hear him and to sense him, to see his shining forth. He wants us to see not just his benefits, but to see him. The Lord tells us, even as he told the Israelites, I, me, the person, I will be enough for you. I will be sufficient for you. After the end of my first marriage, I was single for 10 years. And uh, I didn't date during that time. 
ever. In fact, we didn't even date until we got engaged. <laughs> but what began to ache in my heart was this peculiar loneliness. And it wasn't something I had ever experienced before. I couldn't really explain it in terms where somebody else who hadn't experienced it might understand. It was just a very peculiar loneliness. And so I was a little frustrated one day, and I said, Jesus, I'm sorry, but you are not enough. Very quickly followed by, that's, I know that's not true. <laughs> but that is how it feels. I know in my head that's not true. But Lord, I don't know how to fix this. And he said to me, you know, if somebody suddenly appeared in your life, that ache would not go away. He says, what you're missing is relationship. You're not missing the presence of another human being in the room. You're missing relationship. And he said, guess what? I am enough for you. And I was like, well, I know that, but it doesn't feel that way. He goes, if you were having relationship with a person, what would you be doing? You'd be talking spending time together, doing things together. He says, guess what? I will be enough for you if you spend time with me and talk to me and let's do things together. And he said, the time that you would spend in a relationship with another person, spend it with me. What a great idea. <laughs> and that's what I began to do. And you see, that is exactly what we see right before this verse in, in Jeremiah 29 where he says, seek me, search for me. And as I pointed out last time, those words really actually mean specifically through worship and prayer. I want to see you. I want to enjoy you. I need you as a person, as a relationship. And he says, if you do that, you will find very quickly, I am enough. You will find very quickly, I will be found. He's not asking us to try hard, worship hard. No. <laughs> Seek me, and I will be found by you. I will be enough for you. I wanted to know if this word showed up in the, in the New Testament. It does. And just like last time, we looked at Jeremiah 29.11. I didn't think you could get from Jeremiah 29.11 to the Nativity. But when Jeremiah prophesied, God has a hope and a future for you. Many scholars believe it was specifically referring to the Christ. That he was their hope and their future. Well, guess what? Same thing happened this time. This word found, appear, shining, also shows up in the Nativity story. In Luke chapter 1. The verse itself is in Luke 1.79, but I'm going to actually read, beginning in verse 67. This is the part of the narrative about John the Baptist. Zechariah has just named his son John. Elizabeth has given birth to the forerunner of Christ. And he starts to prophesy. And this is what it says. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord, 
the God of Israel, for he has visited and wrought redemption for his people, and hath raised up the horn of salvation, Christ, for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spake by the mouth of the holy prophets, which have been since the world began, salvation from our enemy and from the hand of all who hate us to shew mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant and the oath which he sware unto Abraham our father to grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies should serve him worship him worship him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days and yea thou child shalt be called the prophet of the Most High, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to make ready his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people in the remission of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high shall visit us. And this is where it comes around, to shine upon them, to shine upon them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. You can see in this narrative that Zechariah is thinking more politically in his own mind than he is spiritually. He wants to be delivered from the hands of his enemies, the Romans. But you can see in this, in this narrative the greater hand of God, that there was a greater enemy that needed to be overcome, the enemy that caused all mankind to sit in darkness to sit in the shadow of death all the days of their life because the wages of sin were death. And he was prophesying that this day spring, I love that word, it simply means sunrise. The light of Christ would rise and no more darkness, no more death. Christ is the sun risen. He is the lamb slain. So that darkness never need be our portion. We don't need to sit in the shadow of death. Death does cast a shadow. It brings great grief. But in the middle of the grief, in the middle of the night, whatever midnight you might find yourself in, he says, I will be found by you. I will show up big and I will show up strong and I will shine the glory of my love into your eyes and into your heart and into your ears and I will make myself known to you and I will be enough for you. I am what your heart seeks. I am what you need. I will shine. I will. I promise. You will find me. You will not be as an orphan. You will not be alone. Never again will you be alone. I will be enough for you. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lamb of God, all of our darkness has been dealt with. Romans 8, 2 says, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I don't sit in the valley of the shadow of death anymore. Romans 8.32 says, He, God our Father, that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? When he says, I am enough, it's because everything we need is in him. When we receive him, we receive everything we need for life and godliness. We have no true deficit. They're only an illusion. 
because we have everything we need when we have him. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Ephesians 2, 4 says, But God being rich in mercy, rich in compassion, because of the great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, has made us alive with Christ. For grace we have been saved, and he has raised us up with him and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We don't sit in darkness. We don't sit in the valley of the shadow of death. We sit at the right hand of the Father. And every need has already been met. First Peter 2.9 says, Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that he should show forth the praises of him that have called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You see that day when I said to the Lord, You are not enough! <laughs> Even though I know it's not true, I felt the darkness of this world. But it was only an illusion. I had only to press in. I had only to seek his face. And he would be found. And he would be found to be enough. I will be found by you, saith the Lord. I will shine on you. I will have compassion of you, on you. I will alleviate your suffering. I will appear unto you. I will make myself visible unto you. I will make my presence known. And God can make his presence known anytime and anywhere. It could be at Walmart. It could be in the parking lot. Or it could be in the shepherd's field. He has a way of showing up and showing you he has a plan for you. He has good things for you. In Luke chapter 2, it says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Why did God bother to tell shepherds? Who are they? You know what shepherds do? They look at sheep all day and all night. They take care of sheep. That's all they do. It's not like they're going to take this message to the end of the world. Why shepherd? Why would God do something like that for me? Because he loves you. And he loves shepherds. And you know what's really cool about shepherds? Is they understand things that other people don't. Especially when it comes to sheep. 
The angel said to the shepherds, you're going to find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in the manger. Does that mean anything to any of you? He says, this is a sign. Well, you know what? It takes a shepherd to interpret the sign correctly. You see, these weren't just any shepherds. These were the shepherds whose flocks were the lambs raised specifically for sacrifice. These shepherds knew all about what a sheep had to be and look like in order to be acceptable as a sin offering. And you say, okay, what does that mean? How is this still a sign? Well, see, I didn't understand it either. But guess what happens when a little lamb is born and its mother dies? That's a perfect little lamb, but it needs to be sustained until it's ready to be presented at the temple. But if its mama dies, it has no way to eat. Because mama sheeps just don't let anybody come and eat <laughs> when they're hungry. Mama sheep says, only my babies get dinner. So if mama sheep dies, what they do is they take that newborn lamb and they wrap it in swaddling clothes. They wrap it in, in cloth to keep it snug and tight so it, it doesn't get up and start making lots of noise. Because what they're going to do is they're going to put that baby, that little baby lamb, in another mama's feeding trough. What that little lamb is saying is, will you accept me as your lamb? Will you take me as your own? Sometimes the mama does. If they've put enough bodily fluids on the lamb that smell like her other lambs, she may accept it. But you see, what these shepherds saw in that manger that day was the Son of God wrapped like a lamb. And the lamb was saying, Will you let me be your lamb? Will you let me be your sacrifice? Will you let me die in your place? Will you let me be enough for you? That's why he sent the shepherds. Because they're the only ones who would recognize the sign that this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Not just the sin of one person, but the sin of the world. No one else would understand the sign. But I have a question for you this morning. Will you let him be your lamb? Will you let him be your sin sacrifice? The only sacrifice? The sufficient sacrifice? Will you accept him as yours? Will you see him in him that he is sufficient? That he is enough? That the payment that he, he went and paid for us is totally and completely acceptable to God? And when we receive Jesus as our lamb, when we say, yes, yes, you will be mine. Yes, I will take you as my own. Yes, you are sufficient. Yes, you are enough. He becomes to us all that he is. He becomes sufficient. He shows up and he shows off in our life. And sometimes in the most small ways, just as way of saying, I'm here. I'm at work. You're not forgotten. You have in me everything you need. Believe and receive. Believe and receive that Jesus is enough for your situation. 
for your heart, for your life, for your provision. He is enough. Amen? At this time, I'm going to ask Sarah to come, and we're going to take, we're going to receive the lamb this morning. We're going to receive the body and the blood of the lamb that was slain for us. He has washed away every sin. He has taken away every reason God would ever say no to one of your prayers. God finds you acceptable and pleasing in His sight. And He says, receive whatever you need. Do you need healing? He says, I'm healing. Do you need provision? He says, I am provision. Receive me. And in me you will find that I am enough.